Welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We are excited you've taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Well, hello there. I do wish to thank you for joining us and downloading our podcast this day. We know there are many out there just like this podcast, but you have chosen us, and we are grateful and thankful. We pray and ask that you would always tell others about us, that you would be edified, and Christ above all would be glorified. I would encourage you to go to our website and check it out. There's a statement of faith there. There's a prayer request page there. Uh, There's other things, uh, other information there. I do not know how much longer we will keep that up and going unless we receive some more financial support. I know so many programs out there just really beg and plea for uh, financial support. If you're a longtime listener of this podcast, you would know that I really don't do that on a real regular basis. And so... Uh, but I really, really need some help to, to continue this to go. We've had a lot of natural disasters in our area that we've had to try to cover expenses, some other tragedy-type things that have, have taken place. And so, above all, we really could always use your prayers. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about Joseph in the book of Genesis. So, if you have a Bible please open it up and follow along. I would encourage you to do so, as I always do each and every podcast. Uh, If you're new to the podcast, the reason I do ask that you do this, well, I want you to make sure that I'm really using the Bible. That the Bible is not just an afterthought. It is the forefront, because that is God's Word to us as we study. So again, open your Bibles and and follow along. We will mainly be in uh, Genesis 41, uh, 42 in that area. So follow along with us, please. Can you imagine the pit experience that Joseph went through? We, the bitterness, I think, would be very obvious as you study this out that Joseph's brothers, his own flesh and blood, uh, had this animosity toward him. They were jealous of him. uh, They disliked him. And if it happened to Joseph, who's really probably a very young teen at this time, it can happen to us. And it can even happen to us from people who call us brother or sister in Christ, which is even sadder, in my opinion, but that is that is the reality of it. Uh, it can come from a spouse. It can come from any anybody that you would just least suspect it from coming from, to be honest about it. I don't think Joseph for a moment ever thought his brothers would ever do this to him. It's probably just beyond uh, conception uh, in his mind as well. Uh, Was he younger and they were older? Did they pick on him? Was he somewhat maybe of a bully? We might use that word today. Well, yeah, but I also know brothers, older brothers and sisters always seem like they pick on their younger brother and sisters to a degree. 
uh, maybe out of fun or maybe it's out of spite. It, I don't know that it's really completely out of sequence of things that happen in a person's life. And so this automat this this hatred this toward Joseph comes from the fact that Jacob showed unequal parental love toward Joseph. Joseph was the pet of the family, and Jacob made sure everybody knew it. All his other sons knew that Joseph was his favorite. He's the first son of the woman that he really loves, and the other sons uh, are from their, uh, would be their aunt, but uh, Jacob marries two sisters, basically. And so we'll get more on that here in just a few minutes. Peter talks about this in a little bit in First Peter chapter 4, verses uh, 4 and 3. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, drinking parties, abominations, idolatries, in regard to these people, think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood as speaking of evil of you today. And I think this is exactly what happened in Joseph's case. Joseph is not going to join in the immorality and the deceiving brothers uh, that he really had. They were always deceiving their father. They were always kind of playing games. They weren't very honest people. And so uh, Joseph just refused to be part of that. A lot of people would see Joseph as a messianic type of the Old Testament, and I would agree with that. Uh, he, he suffers at the hand of others. Uh, he did not deserve any of this. Jesus, again, suffered at the hand of others, did not deserve the suffering that he went through. Uh, buried in a pit, you know, Jesus is, you know, obviously buried for three days. Uh, but Joseph would really save his people in, in an indirect way from a, a drought, from starvation in the homeland. Of course, Joseph does not know all this will happen. It's all the way in the future for Joseph. And so there's kind of a sequence of events here kind of leading up to uh, throwing their own brother into a pit. And this would be, uh, they really truly hated him. Uh, they couldn't speak to him. So what do they do? They throw him into a pit. And these really are the three things. And if you notice the sequence of this stuff here that I just spoke about, it, it, it's from the heart, it would travel to the mouth, and from the mouth it traveled to the hands. And, you know, this attitude, again, toward their own flesh and blood, their, their, their brother, their stepbrother, um, or half-brother, I really should say. And this is what I really want to talk about in this podcast. So, please uh, grab your Bible, follow along, and, and I want us to look at Joseph in the dark, empty pit. And we're going to begin 
right after this. Do you enjoy our weekly podcast? Though many of our listeners around the world in poverty-stricken nations are not financially able to support our podcast, if you are able, we would be grateful for your help. We offer several ways to help support the podcast on our website, biblicalquestion.com. Would you be in a prayerful consideration in your cheerful donation or purchasing through one of our affiliates? Thank you for cheerfully helping us tell a worldwide audience about the Word of God. Okay, so get this idea here of how Joseph would really feel as he is thrown in the pit. We need to to see this in, in Genesis 42, verse 21. 42, verse 21. Okay, that's Genesis 42, verse 21. Then they said to one another, Truly, we are guilty concerning our brother, because we saw the distress of his soul when he pleaded with us, yet we would not listen. Therefore, this distress has come upon us. So, they are talking to themselves here uh, in Genesis 42. These uh, ten brothers are discussing the events that took place 20-some years before. And they think all these troubles that are falling upon them are because of the evil that they did to their brother. And I guess the thing here that haunts these brothers was mostly was uh, this anguish that they see in his soul. And I want to talk about two things, about some of the feelings that sometimes we can have about others, the facts that, that we need to know that we all have if we've been a victim of this kind of malice. And the first thing really is that we all have feelings. The feelings that we all have you know, Joseph was thrown into the pit by his brothers. They, they do not care at the time that they do this about Joseph's feelings. Even to his desperate pleas, they actually will sit down after they throw him in the pit, and they will enjoy a meal. And he's probably not very far away there. He, they can hear his cries and pleas from a very scare, scared young boy, really. Like I said, I think he's in his really early uh, teens. And so he probably, you know, the joke is over. Let me out of here. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there were snakes in the pit. Maybe, you know, it's cold. It's dark. It's damp. Maybe there's water in the bottom of this pit. And he can hear them eating and laughing and, and having a good time. You talk about cruelty, just cruel from another human being. And they don't seem to care uh, about his suffering. Have you ever, you know, experienced something like this? I mean, I know that I have, uh, maybe not as directly as Joseph, but I've experienced this type of, of feelings. This damage that's being done to you as this is going on. And so if you can say, yes, I can relate to Joseph, then I want to hope and pray for you, and I, I want you to really pay attention. 
to this podcast. I, I guess the worst thing about being in trouble here like Joseph was is to find out that nobody really cares, which is really the case of a sinful world. And you can even see this, sadly, I've seen it in, in groups where people claim to be Christian. They see the pain and suffering that you're going through, uh, the emotional stresses that you're going through, and, and they don't care. I mean, that's the message that they're sending. Uh, they'll say, well, maybe you deserve this. Maybe God is punishing you. Maybe, you know, and they keep going on and on. And that's, that's just so unbiblical. It, it's not caring. It's not godlike. And, and perhaps God is trying to get your attention. But it's maybe not for them to say. Maybe it's more of a line of, let me help you out of that pit that you're in. Let me help you out of the sorrow and the sadness that you are in. Let me help you out of your depression if I can. Let me help you get medical care. Let me pray with you. Let me study the Word of God with you. You see, when you're on top of the pyramid and everything's going well, most people do care. But when troubled times comes around, people kind of take the the Levite attitude, kind of like in the Good Samaritan. They pass on to the other side. They just all of a sudden don't want to be involved. As Christians, we are to be involved. doesn't mean you have every answer and every solution, but perhaps you know somebody who does. Uh, I know who does, obviously, and that's God. And that's why we really need to be praying for one another. We need to be encouraging one another. And if you're not in a church group that's doing this, you need to find a different church group. I'm just being honest with you. We had for a long time a little small group here in, in our home. We no longer do that. But uh, since the storm and things have really hit a lot of people here, everybody's kind of spread out. So that, that being aside, it doesn't mean that we still don't communicate with each other because we do and we pray for each other. And we all know the struggles of the natural disaster thing that we're trying to recover from. But mom always seems to be, to me, in a world that doesn't want to help. When, it's, when business comes around, all the people want to do business with you. When, when in brothers don't want to help you, it seems like worldly people will come around quicker and been anything and, and try to help you out. And that's really a sad reflection on the church in America. You know, several years ago, quite a few years ago now, uh, there was a, uh, a story of a young woman who was murdered in the streets of New York City. You know, why at least 30 people in nearby homes heard her cries, they saw what was going on, uh, through their windows, they could look down on the street and, and look, and nobody, nobody helped her. Nobody called 911. Nobody tried to break it up. Nothing. Nothing. Is that how we look at each other in the church uh, as well? Is this how we look at our neighbors who are in need of help, or our spouse who's in need of help, or our children in school? We just act like we don't care. We don't see it. And maybe we don't know how to handle it. Maybe we don't know 
how to uh, give encouraging help. But, you know, I remember my very first experience, even before I would go to uh, preaching school, uh, a very good friend, dear brother in Christ, his first name is Steve, and that's all I will use. And I believe, other than the pulpit minister, I was the only one from the church that went to visit his dying mother and was there and sat there. I gave up my sleep and my time to go and sit with them. I had a prayer with them. I really didn't know what to say. I'll be honest about it. I, I really didn't know what to say. It wasn't until years later that Steve approached me and said, I never forgotten you were there with me when my mother died. You were so encouraging. And I thought, well, I didn't say anything but have a prayer. And he says, but you were there, and I knew you cared. And so sometimes we don't have to be like Job's friends and, and hammer things out and how bad and evil things must be in your world. Sometimes we could just sit there and just hold a hand, give her a hug, and uh, I there's a dear brother in Christ I just met here a few weeks back. He drove halfway across the state to come encourage me through this, the time that we're going through here. I'd never met the man in person before, but he came and had a prayer with me. He It was just really uplifting. And he probably would say, well, I didn't do nothing special, but to me he did. And see, that's my whole point. He knew I was in a pit, and he was trying to help me out of this pit. You know, another thing I think about is a woman uh, in the news here about uh, some time ago. She had birth on the sidewalk in, in a really bad part of town. And dozens of people, again, watched inside an upper-class uh, expensive restaurant at the windows. This woman lay down and gave birth on the sidewalk. Nobody called for help. Nobody went out to help her. Uh, nobody called for an ambulance. Uh, again, are we? In, is this the society that we live in? Well, obviously, because it's happening. But even in the church, even within the Christian home, people can see things and don't want to do anything. It's it's a sad world when we live in. It's all about me, myself, and I. And even in the church, if that's how people are doing it, we have failed to teach what we need to be doing to help people pull them out of that pit. There are many people who may not be like Joseph in a literal pit, but perhaps are struggling with emotions, uh, with works, family problems, school problems. Uh, spiritual pit, I mean, struggling with sin and sinful attitudes. Maybe a physical type pit where you're struggling with some very serious health issues. People with all kinds of problems are crying and they're very visible and sometimes are crying very quietly, but they still need somebody to listen to them. And these are those people in our lives, when they cry for help, they, they, again, they don't need sermons. Uh, they don't need us to display a lot of theology. Honestly, they need a listening ear. And sometimes someone needs to come by and treat them 
with love. Maybe they just really have not experienced a Christian love. The point with Joseph's brothers is that they really did not want to hear Joseph's cry. Oh, they could hear him as they ate their meal. The problem really is they really turned their eyes, their ears, and their hearts away from their brother. If they really had turned their ears and their hearts, they would never have allowed him to stay in that pit. If there's anyone in the fellowship where you worship who cries, stop in our eardrums, but it doesn't travel to our heart, let me tell you this. When, when you see people in whatever kind of pit, just open your heart and listen to them. Do you know why I'm saying that? Because the next step in life that you and I could take could lead that person out of that pit. And they're going to be happy that somebody is listening. Read the Word of God with them. Pray with them. You know, we all, at some point in our life, will fall into a pit. You know, it's just called life. Jesus, seeing a man, took him by hand and lifted him out of his pit. I mean, let us be like Jesus who's around us, who, who hears our cries when others do not hear the cry. The facts that we should know is when we are in a pit, sometimes we feel that we're alone. And... I mean, I, I know I felt that way throughout my life when I look back. When I was in those deep, dark valleys, there was nothing there except God pulling me out. And sometimes uh, somebody will say, well, I really care about your situation, but do you? I remember a dear brother in Christ who's passed on now. He, he used to cry in front of a, a fairly large congregation that, that I was leading, and he would say, every Sunday morning, you give me a hug. Every Sunday morning, you shake my hand. Every Sunday morning, you say, I love you. And then we leave here, and I never hear from you ever again. Next Sunday, it repeats all over again. He says, maybe I really need help. You would never know, because you'd never get involved with my life beyond what goes on in these four walls in the two, three hours that we're together on Sunday morning. And he was so right. So right. Joseph, I'm sure, as he sits in the bottom of this pit, he felt a dreadful sense of loneliness, rejection by his brothers, far from home, with the uncertain future in the bottom of this dark, deep pit. It's not a nice situation to be in. And and maybe in, in a different type of context, Joseph's reality is our reality. And, and maybe you wonder, does anybody really care about me? Do they really have brotherly love for me? And if we would take the time here and, and go through and read all of this, which we're going to read some verses here in just a minute. 
maybe the situation would be different. It's Joseph's reality is, again, our reality. Even though no one seemed to care for Joseph, there was, there was one who cared for Joseph, and it was his father. I mean, look at uh, his father's reaction when he hears what happens to his son. I mean, they tell him uh, that apparently he's been ate by a wild animal. In Genesis chapter 37, uh, starting around verse 31 here, it says, So they took Joseph's tunic and slaughtered a male goat, dipped the tunic in the blood, and they sent the varied color tunic and brought it to their father and said, We found this. Please examine it to see whether it is your son's tunic or not. I mean, they're not even saying our brother, okay? This is your son's tunic. Then he examined it and said, it is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured Joseph, has surely been torn to pieces. And he goes on to talk about how his father mourned and just for many, many days. First Peter 5, verse 7 says, Cast all your care upon him who cares for you. Unlike Joseph's father, who, who did not know where his son was, and what happened to him, God the Father, he knows where you and I are at. He knew where Joseph was at, and he had a plan. And as providence of God, he has a plan for Joseph. I don't know what point in life David would write the 23rd Psalm. But I know that David went through a lot of pits in his life as King Saul would chase him, try to hunt him down, and take his life. Saul cursed uh, David in a lot of ways. David had his fair shares of valleys in his life. Yet in spite of all these difficult moments, as he reflects on God in the presence of God in his life, in the troubles that he's in, he would write, even though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. God has a special way of providing comfort for those who are in, in a valley. Not only God cares about us and comforts us when we're in our valleys, He preserves us. And he reaches out to save us in his own proper time. And this would be the same case for Joseph. The thing about Joseph is this. He wasn't rescued in, in, in Joseph's time. He was rescued in God's time. And that's something in my life I've, I've just had to learn. I'm not saying it's been an easy one. Because I want the fix right now. I want the problem resolved right now. And maybe God's not ready to resolve that problem. God has his own timetable. The things about Joseph is this. Joseph would have never made it into the palace without the struggles that he went through. And I think this gives me a lot of strength and encouraging, knowing that God sometimes uses these pits as foundation for palaces. A cross that leads to a crown. Tears that lead to victory. 
valleys that lead to triumphal successes. I mean, looking at Joseph's situation, I often think we as Christians reject some of the most wonderful gifts God has for us. Do you know why we do that? I think it's because they don't come packed in pretty wrapping paper that that appeals to us. It's not the solution necessarily that we were looking for. But the solution, when you look back, you say, wow, God had that all taken care of. Let me tell you this. I'm about myself. I mean, as, as I need it, I, I, I try very not to reject difficult situations offhand. As I've aged, I've tried to say, okay, what am I supposed to be learning here? What is the experiences I'm supposed to, to get? Because everything in my life builds for the next experience to help me get through whatever struggle, to help others through their struggles, that sometimes God is blessing me in disguise. Not only is our pain sometimes used by God in it for preparation for higher service, if Joseph had not been put in prison, had the butler not forgotten about him, Joseph's ability to forgive him would not have been tested. Joseph may not have been able to forgive his brothers. Had Joseph not managed the smaller affairs of Potter's house, he may not have been able to manage the higher affairs as being second in command in Egypt. Do you kind of see the pattern here? Faithful in small things appointed over bigger things. Okay? And so God, through some very difficult times and situations, tested Joseph's ability to handle the future in bigger and higher situations. A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. And that's why I think God went through this with Joseph. I certainly hope that if you're struggling in your life and you found yourself in a deep, dark pit, that you cry out to God and have him help you out of that pit. And as painful as it is, as hard and difficult as it is, even for me, I want out now. Because we don't like pain, we don't like suffering when it's happening to us. We can look the other way as we eat in the restaurant, uh, as somebody's being murdered in our own streets. But when it's happening to us, it always seems to be different. And we need to start looking upward to God so that we can look horizontally at our brothers around us who need our help and our encouragement, our prayers. And you're, uh, th- there was a man who some time ago said, well, you're going through all these hard times because you, you sinned. Well, I don't know that necessarily that I had sinned. I really didn't know what he meant by that, and he could not clarify this. Sometimes life just happens. Life on earth is hard. I mean, seriously, look at Job. Job was very clearly had friends that said, oh, you must have sinned against the mighty one. He is trying very hard to get your attention. And Job would say, no, 
I can't think of a single sin that I've done that God would do this to me. I mean, look with this at me here, just a minute. Turn with me here. Luke chapter 13, turn with me there. Luke chapter 13, starting in verse 4. Now, obviously, Jesus is talking about an event that everybody would have known about. I would guess it was a very recent event. It was still fresh in people's minds here. Luke chapter 13, verse 4. Or do you suppose that those 18 on whom the tower and Siloam fell and killed them were worse than the culprits of all the men who live in Jerusalem? Okay. And he goes on in verse 5. I tell you no, but unless you repent, you are likewise perish. Okay. I mean, he's talking about an event that took place. And he's just saying, you know, life happens on earth. People die. Accidents happen. It's, it is just the way it is. Okay? And so when, when we see people who are suffering in a pit, sometimes it just happens. It just lies. Sometimes things happen to us um, that maybe we really truly don't uh, deserve. It's not by our own hand or doing. And that's, I don't know, this tire obviously just fell on these guys uh, who were working on it or building it. And Jesus says, it has nothing to do with sin. It's just life on earth. Things happen. And so we need to bear that in mind. Life happens to everyone. And we need to either get over our own uh, holier-than-thou attitude we need to open the curtains and the blinds in our life to see when people truly need help that we're there to help them and pray with them, encourage them. It could be a way or an avenue to have a Bible study and invite them to worship service. It could be lots of things. I want to encourage you, if you are suffering, you're in a pit, like I described different types of pits, that... Find somebody to pray with you. Find a congregation that really cares about its people. They want to help you and encourage you. They want to pray with you. They want to study with you. They, they study the Word of God from in the beginning to the word Amen in Revelation. The entire book that we call the Bible is the Word of God. And all of it needs to be studied and understood to the best of our individual and congregational understanding. I've been doing this and studying this and preaching and teaching for many, many years. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm always learning something more about God. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. I want to encourage you to find a congregation who would help you do that. I have my favorite books. I have my favorite topics. But one of the biggest comments that I always take in, in a good light here that I get, the podcast always has a wide variety of biblical topics, books, and things that we study. We are not studying just one thing. And so I take that as a compliment. I'm trying very hard for myself to learn and understand the Word of God much better and much deeper. And I'm hoping as you listen to these podcasts, you go back and listen to all these podcasts. I can always tell you when somebody does that because I'll have 
a lot of downloads uh, from one uh, city. I never know who's actually downloaded it, but, uh, but somebody from a certain place, a certain country, and that usually tells me they downloaded and played every podcast I've ever put out. And that's great. I mean, I love that. I mean, it's, it's a blessing to me when you as our listeners pray for us, uh, support us in, in different ways, and you tell others in a good light about us. I just look forward to the future, to being with God. Uh, I know there's a lot of struggles in front of me as well as in front of you. It's called life on earth. But at the end of the day, I know God's in control. And he sees a bigger picture that you and I cannot see. Joseph could not see the big picture in the bottom of that pit. He had no idea he was going to save Egypt. And by saving Egypt, he would save his family from starvation. There's no way he could have known that. Looking back, Joseph understands that. And you can read about that in the last chapter of Genesis. So again, I want to thank you for listening. It's been a blessing and an honor to be able to speak to you. I certainly hope and pray that Christ has been glorified and you as our listeners have been edified. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app. Please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase. In addition, we have a prayer request page, a way of contacting us, a statement of faith, and other resources for our listeners. Do you have a Bible question you would like answered on a future podcast or prayer request? We would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you. Subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts. Again, that is biblicalquestion.com. Thank you and may he have the glory.